Amen. Uh, a few months ago, uh, we went to church. Well, it's been about a year now. We went to church. The Lord laid on my heart about bringing a gas can. And he said, Brother Earl, why a gas can? The pastor called me at one time, and he said, Brother Earl, my church is not wanting to move. My church is not wanting to do anything. It's just he was down on his luck, having a bad time. God wasn't moving. Nothing was happening. The first thing I told him, I said, don't give up. Come on. Don't quit until God tells you to quit. He said, well, but Brother Earl, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I understand. I said, the first thing I want you to do is go get a gas can, fill it full of water, and I want you to pour it out through the aisles on Sunday morning. He said, why, Brother Earl? I said, well, if you're not going to move, I'm going to burn it down. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and we actually took the, took the gas can with us, went down there and preached, and we had a great time. God actually moved in a mighty way that we can. We had fun. And I mean, you know, you can have fun in church. Amen. So it doesn't matter how many is here tonight. All that matters is God is here and you are here tonight. And I figured when I announced my title, which I normally don't do that, announce my title, what I was going to talk about tonight, I knew a lot of people wasn't going to show up. Because this is deep. I'm just being real. This is deep. And I'm thankful we're not doing live broadcasts because I may say some stuff that tonight God's already leading me to say tonight that I normally don't say. Amen. I'm just going to let my hair down and uh, I ain't got much up there anyway. Hallelujah. I got more on my face than I'm doing my head anyway. Praise God. My wife's still looking at me anyhow. But God is good. Turn with me into Luke chapter 15. When you get there, shout praise the Lord. We're beginning in verse number 11 tonight. Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, the younger in them, said to his father, Father, give me all the portions of the good and the that followed to me, and he divided them his living. Now many days after the younger, brother, younger son gathered all things together, he took a journey into a far country where he wasted the substance with righteous living. Now basically what that means is he just spent everything he had in sin. That's what that means, okay? He went to another place, went to another country, spent all that it was his, uh, on things of the flesh. Now, I'm going to get a little deeper here in a minute. And when he had spent all there, and there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began, he began to be in want. In other words, he done lost everything, now he needs something. And he went and joined himself to, to, to be a citizen of another country, and he sent him, and they sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would have, have fain have filled his belly with hus that the swine did eat, and no man give unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great far off, his father saw him 
and had compassion on him and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, bring forth his best robe, put, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and and the shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead, and now he's alive again. Can you shout praise the Lord? He was lost, come on somebody, but now he's found. Then they began to be merry. Now this his older son was in the field, and as he came drew nigh to the house and heard his heard the music and Dancing, he called to one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother has come home. Thy father has killed the fatted calf because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go, therefore, to come after his father. And his father came out and intrigued of him and saying, and said unto him, His, his brother. Let me flip my page. Amen. His father, lo, excuse me, they, these many do I serve thee, and neither transgress that I any time have committed, and yet thou hast never, never gaveth me a kid uh, that I may be merry with my friends. Come on, somebody. But as soon as thy son was come, and which has devoured this living with harlots, and has killed, killed, killed for him the fatted calf, and he said unto his son, Son, thou art forever with me, and all that I have, I have is thine. It is meant that we should make merry, be glad, for thy brother was dead, and now is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Let's pray. I thank you and I worship you, God. I glorify your name tonight again for blessing you, and thank you for your letting us to come to your presence tonight. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. And God, I pray you take another coal off the altar of you and place upon my lips that, God, that we can speak your oracles to your people, God. And, Lord, I pray tonight, God, give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the ability, God. Give me, Lord, what I need tonight to preach your word and to do what needs to be said. Lord, let my eyes be your eyes. Let my ears be your ears. Let my mouth be your mouth. May place upon the helmet of salvation, the sword shield, the breastplate of righteousness, skirt of the loins about myself, God, and with the feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace, because I want it to be your words tonight, not mine. And, God, I give you the glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor tonight. Say, Neighbor, it's time to forgive. It's time to forgive. To me, this is one of the greatest stories out the Bible. How a young man came to his father and asked for everything that was his. He came to the father and asked for all his inheritance, asked for all his money, asked for all his things that belonged to him, asked him that I'd like to have everything. His father gave it to him. You notice this, the father didn't even hesitate. Are you with me? The father didn't even hesitate knowing that he was going to do something stupid. Y'all not with me? Y'all quiet tonight. That's all right. That's all right. I got to drive home after a while. I got all night. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Knowing that he was going to do something stupid, the father never even hesitated. 
What did he do? He gave him what was his because he asked. How I many know if you ask something to God, God can give it to you? Hello? Even when we make a mistake, God can still bless us. Come on, somebody. That's where that grace and mercy comes in. He didn't even hesitate to give him his living. He didn't hesitate to give him what he wanted because he knew, yeah, he's going to mess it up. But how many know the father knew he was going to return? God knows when you're going to return. Can you say amen? amen? So he took what he had and went to another country. He ended up in a place like we do. Once his money was spent, how I many you know you got friends who love you when you got the money? <laughs> Isn't it funny when you got money, people want to be your friend? When you got everything that they need, they want to be your friend. When you got everything that you want, they want, they want to be your friend. But the moment that they can't get it from you, they gone. Huh? I found that in my life, there are some people that were my friend that are gone. Goodbye. Amen. I know there's only two or three and it's getting quiet. Goodbye. I had a close friend that was a friend of mine for years. And just because I went through something, he left me high and dry. Come on. But I came out on the other side. He ain't my friend no more. That's okay. He gone. Why? Because if you're them kind of fair weather friends, you won't last in the little part and the harder part. You're not going to last when I get to the other side. Come on. Because, I mean, you know, if you're going to be blessed, you got to walk with me. You want to be blessed, you got to come through it with me. Come on, somebody. Now, we're here to help each other. Can you shout amen? amen. But if they're not willing to help, let them go. Amen. amen. Turn them loose. Listen to me. I know it hurts your feelings, hurts your heart. It hurt my heart, too. I was upset. What do you mean, God? He, I walked through this with him. I walked through that with him. Him and I were best friends. We did everything. Come on, somebody. But all of a sudden, he leaves just because it ain't the way he wanted it to be. Come on. I found out that kind of friend only wanted me for what he can get out of me. Come on. Those kind of friends, if they go, say goodbye. Amen. What do we used to say when we was younger? I don't know why this came up. What do we used to say when we was younger? Talk to the hand because the, the ears ain't listening. Amen. <laughs> My wife said, oh, help us, Jesus. Amen. Talk to the hand. You gone, baby. You gone. Some people you don't need in your life. If they keep causing drama, goodbye. I've got no, I'm, look, I'm 45 years old now and I've learned that People are going to have drama in their life. Those kind of people, I love you. You go home to your mess. You go do your thing. Choo-choo train, like my mama used to say. Mm, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. You do your thing, choo-choo train. You do you, boo. Come on, somebody. You do you, boo. I ain't got time for drama no more. I ain't got time for the mess no more. If you want drama, you be like Medea. You go do bad all by yourself. I'm going to go over here and do what I need to do. Can you say amen? They weren't around him because he didn't have no money. He didn't have anything. He ended up into a pig pen. Now, how many of you know a pig pen is one of the worst places you can end up? Have you ever been to a hog farm before? Anybody? Yes, he understands. 
When you get around a hog farm, the smell gets on you. Come on. The slop gets on you. Mud gets on you. Come on. I had a preacher friend of mine, and y'all know who he is. I'm not going to call his name, but he's real short. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he went to a hog farm one time, and he didn't even realize he's at the hog farm. And when he got there, he said, at first, the smell was kind of bad. And then after being there for a little bit, I just got used to the smell. Come on. Kind of like sin. Sin take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. You keep hanging around some of those and it keeps dipping around in the ocean of sin. Guess what's going to happen with you if you're not careful? Come on, somebody. You'll start acting like them and smelling like them. He said after he got done eating, he put his, they told him to put his clothes in a bag. And they said, why? He said, it's going to stink. It's going to smell. So when he got back to the church that evening, he changed clothes and put them in the bag. He forgot them and left them in the truck. <laughs> and a couple of days later, he went and opened that sack and he said he about gagged. <laughs> because the smell from the pig pen, come on somebody, had gotten on him. You got to be careful, come on somebody, who your real friends are. Because the smell is going to get on you. Amen? Amen. He ended up in a pig pen eating hog slop. Now, I don't know about you. Hog slop is a whole different ball game. I'm just going to be real with you. Do you know what's in hog slop? Everything that's left over. There, <laughs> there's nasty rice in it. Nasty chicken in it. Stuff that has spoiled. Stuff that is bad. Come on. There are corn cobs in it. I mean, old pigs like eat them corn cobs. Come on. And it stinks to high heavens. But it's just nasty, rotten food. And he ended up eating nasty, rotten food. Not even knowing at this time he's a king's kid. Not even knowing that he's the son of God. Come on, somebody. Not even knowing who he really was. Till finally one day he woke up and realized my servants, my dad's servants got it better than I do. Come on. All I got to do is go back to my father's house. All I got to do is go back to God. Can you say amen? And go back to him and say, look, I know I ain't worthy. But listen, I still want to be a part. I still want you to call me son. Come on, somebody. But even though I'm not worthy of it, I still want to be a part. So he gathered his stuff up. He started to go home. And the Bible said the father seen him afar off. Why? He already knew when he gave him that inheritance the first time, he was going to come back. Come on. And the father was anticipating for him to come back. I know you've heard this story before, but I'm trying to get to where I need to get tonight. He waited on him to get home. Now, once he got home, the Bible says the father ran, put his arms around him, hugged his neck. He put a robe on him, put a ring on him, placed him on new shoes, and he killed the fatted calf. Why did he do that? He wanted to let his, no, his son know that he still loved him. He still cared about him. That he's still the same kid when he left. Come on, somebody. And he's just back into the fold. That's what I like about God. It doesn't matter how far I go, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, God still loves me no matter what happens. I love that about God because it, I can do stupid things. I can mess up things over and over. But guess what? God still loves me. God still loves you. God still 
still waiting on you to come into his arms. He's still waiting on you to reach out and grab him. Can somebody say amen? God cares. That's why he was showing this, this, the father was looking for all far off because he's waiting the anticipation of him coming home. He put the ring up on him, which is a symbol of ownership. He killed the fatter cab, began to get married. Everything was good. He threw a party. My son's home. He was lost. Now he's home and he's found. All of a sudden, here comes the older son. He comes out of the field and as he walks up to the up there, he starts to hear the music. He started hearing the celebration. He's asking the service. Service saying, what's going on with this? What's happening? Something's going on. One of the servants said, your brother come home. They thought he would be excited. They thought it would be a celebration. Come on. They thought it would be a good time for his brother because his brother came home. But instead, his brother got mad. His brother got jealous. His brother got envious. And he, the father came out, came to him and said, paraphrasing a little bit, I want you to come to the tent. I want you to come to the house. I want you to come in because uh, we're having a great time. Your, your brother's back. And he said, no, dad, you wouldn't even kill an animal for me. You wouldn't do anything for me and my friends. Come on. Why you do it for him? He sat and squandered everything he got. I don't deserve this. Come on. I don't want to be here. Why should I go in there and celebrate? Why should I go in there and, and have a good time and party? Why should I go in there? Because I've been there the whole time. I've done this and I've done that. Come on, somebody. He got angry because his brother came home. Kind of like some of us sometimes. We get angry because God changes somebody's life. Man, it's quiet in the room. Because God, God, they don't deserve that. God, do you know what they did to me? You know how they abused me. Do you know how they talked about me? You know how they did this to me and hurt me? Come on, somebody. You know, in our rational minds, we would think that God would pour out his vengeance on people. Come on, somebody. Because they hurt us or destroyed us or did things to us that we should have never, never even asked for. Come on. I never asked for some of the things that I went through. I never asked for some of the things I have walked through. There's some things in my life I wish I wouldn't have never walked through. I wouldn't wish it on nobody. Why? Because it's painful. It's hurtful. And yes, sometimes I do believe, God, you need to do something about it. Come on. Because they go, they just get away with murder, God. Come on. They just get away with everything. I told the Lord this one time. I said, I don't understand because if I'd have did that thing, God, you would have whooped me. Huh? God, why they get away with it? Why did they get to do those things? God, why those things happen and you allow it to go on? God, do you not know how they hurt me? Come on, somebody. Do you not know how bad it hurts with inside of me? I never forget this one time that I had a dream. And in this dream, I don't know why I'm saying this. I just felt led to say this tonight. In this dream, I shared this with my wife a few months ago. In this dream, I, I seen this person take a, 
take a, 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 a chisel and it was my heart and they took it and hit it with a hammer and my heart shattered in millions and billions of pieces. Each piece that fell, I felt every cut from each piece that fell. Every time that something would fall, the pieces would fall, I'd feel a cut within the inside of my heart. It was emotionally, spiritually, physically. My heart was broken. My mind was torn. Come on, somebody. I didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve what God had coming to me. I didn't realize that that was there, but I didn't want these things to happen. But instead, those things happen. And immediately, I mean, you know, your mind starts wondering. You get to thinking of the vengeance things that you could do to people. Come on. I'll tell you what I can do. I can just go over and meet them at the supermarket and just take them out. Amen. I'm glad we ain't live tonight. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jordan, for not doing it live. I appreciate it. Yes. I can see them in Walmart and we can throw up them hands and get it over with. Come on. Sometimes, I mean, you know, it takes that. Can you say amen? But hear what I'm saying to you today. There are times we don't deserve those things. There are times that things happen in our life. Even in our childhood, we didn't ask for those things. That wasn't our fault. It was their fault. Can I hear? Can, are y'all preaching with me tonight? It was their fault. They, they crossed the line. It wasn't me. How come do I got to get punished for those things? How come do I got to feel that pain? How come I got to process this and they get away with everything? It don't make sense. But I know this. I can't change what other people can do. I can only change what I do. I can't change what other people has done, and I can't change the past. But hear me, if I keep holding on to my past, if I keep holding on to my childhood, I'm never moving to a future where God wants me to be. I'm never doing what God's asked me to be because I can't do it because I'm still holding on. That's why I've got to learn. I don't care what you've done to me. I don't care how you talk to me. I don't care how bad you hurt me. All I care about is i got to forgive you. Come on. We had a lady in our church. Lord, I don't, I don't know. If, <laughs> we had a lady in our church come to me. She said, there's a new F word in the church. It's called forgiveness. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Forgive you. Amen. Are you with me? It doesn't matter. I know what did some things to you. It's the point of I got to forgive you. And let those things go. There's nowhere in the scriptures where the elder son repented and changed. Ooh, come on. Nobody even moved. He didn't do anything. All he did was remain mad. Come on. Hear me, if you continue to remain mad, you continue to grow in bitterness and illness. Come on now, sickness and disease. Why? Because when you get that bitterness in your heart, it will change and affect everything about you. That's why you have anxiety. That's why you struggle with those things. Come on, somebody. That's why you have a hard time in life. Why? Because you won't let go. It hurts. Yes, it does. I asked God one time in my life, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, please take this stinger away from me. 
if you'll take out the stinger, then I will be able to live and I'll be able to breathe. Because sometimes it hurts so much that it feels like every breath is hurting you. Am I being real with you tonight? It hurts. But the thing is, God is the God of vengeance. That's one thing God doesn't share is his vengeance. Come on, somebody. And I promise you this. Whatever you sow, you will reap. I don't care who you are, what your name is. Come on, somebody. If you continue to do things bad to people, guess what? Sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. But it's not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility to make, things, make sure those things happen to them. But my responsibility is go to God and God forgive me and let me forgive them. Come on, somebody. Because if I can't forgive, I'm never moving on. If I can't turn loose, I'm still stuck in that place of my life. That's why when things happen and you get triggered, those memories in your mind come back. And when they come back, it puts you in disarray and it puts you in chaos. That's why, because forgiveness is one of the hardest things that seem to be, but yet it's just turning loose and letting God be God. Come on. Had a preacher friend tell me one time, he said, the real, the real way that you know you forgive somebody is when you've seen that person and you can no longer be angry for what they've done. Oh, that's quiet. He didn't forgive. So the brother stayed there. When we don't forget, we stay and forgive, we stay there. Now, I want to say this. Forgiveness is one thing. Forgetting is something else. You can still forgive, but yet at the same time, don't put yourself in a position to get hurt again. I'm not saying stay so guarded that you shut everybody out. Amen. Come on. I'm not saying stay so guarded that everybody that hurts you, you push away. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is this, that you can remember, hey, I'm not going to go there with that person because that's going to put me in a vulnerable position. But I'm still going to forgive them. I'm still going to let those things go. Because the thing is, I have to learn to forgive so that God can forgive me. The Bible says if you can't forgive your brother, how can your heavenly father forgive you? Boy, it's quiet in here. How can your heavenly father forgive you if you can't learn to forgive others? The thing is, I want to see you prosper. I want to see you be blessed. I want to see God working in your life. How many would like to have that in your life? But we got to learn to forgive I can say this for the truth. This actually happened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up here, right here. i never forget they came to me. I, I said before about being a preacher's kid and a preacher's grandkid. My, my wife's adopted dad was a preacher as well. And um, i never forget one time they came to me and they said, in order to get over these things in life, you're going to have to forgive. And the first thing I said was, I done forgave everybody. Have you ever said that before? Yeah. Knowing good and well, come on. Then people get on your nerves. Amen, come on. Yeah. Don't, don't even look at me. 
be hiding off in the corner somewhere. Talking about, mm, come on, are you with me? But they asked me to write down the people I need to forgive. And the first thing they said, put a heading, people you need to forgive, put God first, you next, and then everybody else. True story. I was like, well, I don't forgive everybody. It's okay. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. Ask God to show you who you need to forgive. So I said, sure. So I said, you know, I'm going to God. I didn't ask for forgiveness. I thought everything's good. Everything's fine. I got down and said, Lord, please show me who I need to forgive and show me in my heart the people I haven't let go of. So I put God first, put my name there, and I began to write name after name after name after name after name after name. I had three columns, three pages, front and back. So, Brother Earl, that's a lot of names. Yes, it is. But I was holding on to those things. That's why I was messed up. For two years, I prayed over that list. Lord, forgive me for not forgiving them. God, forgive me for not letting these things go. But help me to learn to forgive them. So I started praying over and over. God, help me. Help me. I'm going to forgive them. God, I forgive them. I'll let it go. It took me two years to overcome that list. Because I was bitter. I was angry. I was frustrated. As soon as I got through that list, don't you love God? He put me to the test. I went to a church. Remember that little short preacher I was telling you about? I become his music director, and two of my best friends wanted my position. Are you with me? Two of my best friends wanted my position. Two of them wanted me to be thrown out of the church because they wanted what I had. Now, mind you, I didn't even ask for the position, didn't even want the position. Pastor Tony called me and offered me a position because God had spoke to him about coming on with him. I didn't want it. God said, go. Have you ever been there? You go somewhere, you're kicking and screaming. I went, and immediately I get called in his office because they want me gone. These are my two best friends. Guess what? I had to learn to forgive all over again. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. One of them lived in, worked in the, in the daycare across the way. And the Lord spoke to me one morning. He said, I want you to go in there and tell her that you love her. Now, I did like everybody else. I told the Lord, God, you know what she did to me? You know what she has done? You know how she has done? I mean, she's ever been there before. And I even told God, I can't go do that because I'm going to lie to her. Huh? Got us walk by faith and not by sight. So I did. I walked into her office and said, I love you. She threw me out. Next morning, I get up, go to prayer, and God said, I want you to go tell her you love her again. I said, I can't do that, God. I done told you. You done told me to do it. I done did it. I mean, he's ever done that before. 
He sent me back in. I said, I love you. She said, get out of my office. For three months, I'm going to be truthful. I lied to that woman for three months. Three months I lied to her because I didn't love her. I didn't want to be around her. I didn't even want to talk to her. But God was telling me, you go tell her you love her. But after the three months, I walked in one morning, looked at her and said, you know what? I love you. I've been praying for you. I got thrown out again. But guess what? My heart changed. Things changed. Once things changed, yes, me and that pastor got asked to leave because their church wasn't holy enough, is what they said. Because people that were on drugs and alcohol and out of prison was getting saved and lives being changed. Come on, somebody. And it was too much for them. But hear me, we left. Three months later, I ended up pastoring my first church. Come on. Why? Because I learned to forgive. I learned to love despite everything that's happening. The same way when I worked at the hospital in the, in the, in the mental ward where my son works now. I used to tell all of our patients, I'm just going to be honest with you and straight with you. We're the most loving people you ever meet. You know why? Because we're going to love you despite everything's going on. And we're going to care for you. Yeah, we're probably going to have to give you a shot because you act out, but we're still going to love you. I mean, I wish we could do that for church people. Amen. Amen. I learned to love people for who they are. And I had learned to forgive despite what they do to me. Church, we got to forgive. And I know this hits home tonight because I feel it in my spirit. Some of you right now are struggling. Some of you are squirming like a worm on a hook tonight. Because the Holy Spirit is convicting you of some things. And that's okay. That's what we're here for. Amen? But hear me. God can fix your anxiety. God can fix your fear. God can fix your doubt. Come on. All we have to do is let go and forgive. Turn them loose. Let God take care of them. I know it's hard sometimes. Amen? I know it's difficult sometimes. But if we learn to trust God, God can do something. And if we learn to forgive, guess what? We live a life of freedom. Because as long as we're not forgiving, guess what? They're setting up rent right here. Come on. They're setting up rent right here. And they're causing you to be in the position that you're in right now. Come on, somebody. All because you won't forgive. They've gone on with their life. But yet you're still here. Tonight, it can change for you. Don't be the elder brother. Come on. Forgive. Don't get angry. Love. Let things be changed. How many want it changed? Come on, how many really want it changed? It can change for you. Let's pray. God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, Lord, 
for what you've done. I thank you, God, for your blessings in this place. But God, tonight I feel it in my spirit strong. And I know you're working because there's conviction coming in. There is, Lord, the power of God is strong in this place. There's conviction on the hearts and the lives of your people. And I feel it, God, and I see some things in the spirit right now, God, that, God, that you're going to fix. So by faith, I thank you and I praise you, God, that it's already done. It's already through. And, God, that we've forgiven and we walked on tonight. God, thank you for that already. But, God, I pray let them respond to you. Let them respond to your anointing. Let them respond to the Holy Spirit tonight. And let them find a place and a peace in you by repenting and say, God, I need to forgive. God, I need to let go. And God, I need things to change. Because God, I know you can and I know you will and it's going to happen tonight. Because I believe by faith it will happen tonight. God, I bind up any hindrance now. Any thoughts of the enemy that is not of God, God, we gird up the loins of our mind, cast down every imagined things in imagination, every high thing that exalts themselves against the knowledge of you. And God, we throw it away, God, and send it back to which it come from, back to the enemy, that God, we can have the victory in this place. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. Look up at me tonight. We can forgive. And we can let go. Do you really want a life of freedom? Do you want to live a life where you're no longer bound by those things anymore? Let's do this. Everybody in the building tonight, let's come and let's find us a place in these altars. And when you get here and say, God, show me who I need to forgive. God, help me to forgive. And ask God to forgive you for not forgiving them. And ask God to help you forgive them. If you'll come tonight, let's find us a place. God is here tonight for you.